Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. First and foremost, I want to give a shout out to Creatures of the Night, Adam, Jason, Chris, for having me on the show. Yes, sometimes what comes up out of my mouth even shocks me. (laughs) But I promise tonight this is an inclusive show. Everyone is welcome. This is a safe place. This is not a shit show. Now, the Oscars, that could be a shit show. The nominations are coming out next week. I was going to talk about that a little further, but I thought, eh, I'll save that for when it happens. So I love, you know, I love music. I love film. I love art. I mean, some of my favorite artists, you know, Salvador Dali, Frida Kahlo, Pablo Picasso, Magritte. And they influence films. I mean, you think of Salvador Dali. Salvador Dali, in fact, did a film for Disney, and it wasn't released until years later. Pablo Picasso, um, I think, was a consultant in a couple of films. And then, you know, they did the film about Frida Kahlo and Magritte. Now, Magritte, I want to I mention Magritte because, you know, the opening shot or the, the artwork of The Exorcist really came out of Magritte painting there's a mystery there's a there's a lot of mythological esoteric things behind all of that and i thought when it comes to film and music the two and i've said this before they mirror each other whether it's a band like ministry now the rock and roll hall of fame nominees are out and i wanted to talk about that because yes a lot of controversy. And I want to give a shout out to the Tool fans because I'm a Tool fan. And there's always this talk, okay, are they ever going to go in? No, I don't know. You know, at the end of the day, that's up to them. Because if they were to accept it, okay, who's going to show up? Look at Radiohead. Radiohead, only like two members showed up. Because it's it's a it's a weird thing. I I love what Iron Maiden said about it. They said, you know, it's like the greatest hits camp. And they said, you know, do we I saw them in concert in 2019. Damn good show. But at the end of the day, do even they want to be in there? Because then it takes away I can understand this. It takes away your cool factor. It's good for people who are no longer here, like Nina Simone. Even if Nina Simone had been alive, you know, she would have been overwhelmed by it. Because it's really, at the end of the day, also you think of someone like Black Sabbath. Ozzy Osbourne and them had been nominated so many times. And Ozzy got tired of it. And then when they finally got in, he couldn't even perform. They, he was just, I, I, it, it seemed like they were overwhelmed. And so Metallica performed for them. Now this is this is an interesting cast of characters because yes there there are a lot of you know Willie Nelson isn't in Johnny Cash is in now this this um, list of nominees is interesting they're not all going to get in because you know what happened last year you know I love LL Cool J LL Cool J and I and I don't like it when people call him a safe rapper because he was never safe he's he's ll cool j ladies love cool james okay yeah he you know he's one of the originators and 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 then he was rapping about love that that 
everyone in hip hop kind of has their thing. Eric B and Rakim, they were this duo that would rap about social commentary, what was going on, and, and they would always do it to like a jazz beat. NWA, NWA were talking about the West Coast, okay? Their name alone stirred controversy, but it woke, it woke people up. This is what's going on in Compton, California. Ice Cube opens it with crazy motherfucker called Ice Cube. Yeah. So everyone kind of has their shtick, all right? But L. Cool J, you know, a lot of people gave him shit for, because he got like a, I think, early influence award. But it's still the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And at the same time, I can understand that. It's the cool factor. I mean, here, here is the list of nominees. Beck. This is his first time. Pat Benatar. Kate Bush. Devo. Whip it. Duran Duran. First time nominee. Eminem. First time nominee. Eurythmics. Judas Priest. Fella Cootie. MC5. New York Dolls. Dolly Parton. First time nominee. Rage Against the Machine. Lionel Richie. First time nominee. Carly Simon, first-time nominee, A Tribe Called Quest, first-time nominee, and Dion Warwick. Where's Shaka Khan? <laughs> Where is Ministry? Okay. So this is an interesting list. Some people would go on about hip-hop. Also, the fact that Eminem is going in first, but Eric B. and Rakim are not in there. That right there. Come on. All right. There's a there's a lot of people who deserve Nas. Hello. That's the first when I saw and I like Eminem. The first thing I saw Eminem, I thought, well, what about Nas? Nas was before Jay Z. A lot of you motherfuckers don't want to admit that, probably because Nas is the better rapper. But that's my opinion. Yes, Jay Z is flashy and married to Beyonce, but I don't give a fuck. When I put on those headphones. And I listen to Nas, and Nas is telling me, it ain't hard to tell, I excel. Or he's talking about halftime. Nas has a lyrical stature that is incomparable. The fact that he won his first Grammy last year. Some people wouldn't think shit about the Grammys. Nas actually celebrated. This man has been in the game for almost 30 years. Put out halftime in 1992 way before jay-z i'm just saying okay i hate that term just saying because that's such a that's the thing about the lexicon is everyone saying nice all the time it's like pick something else in the dictionary i used to read the dictionary i remember i didn't want to be a rapper but i remember i would try to write poetry because I, i i tried to rap and it didn't work it just didn't work you know i couldn't be as talented as be real because, you know, be real of Cypress Hill. Hello, they're not on the list either. I love Cypress Hill. Not just because they're the originators of marijuana and hip hop, but that story right there. You know, be real's speaking voice and rapping voice are totally different. And be real, I, he said that, you know, they didn't like how he sounded. So he, ch- he switched up his rapping voice and he rapped from the diaphragm. That That's that. Uh, and I saw them recently. Such a great... Oh, my goodness. I love Cypress Hill. So, as I look at this list, my brain is like, okay, who's getting in and who's not getting in? Well, 
Okay, drum roll. Oh, it's 11-11. Make a wish. Now, this is how I think it's going to go. I don't. I, I, I am not a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, we talk about film, we talk about music, we talk about all forms of media. First and foremost, Rage Against Machine is going to get in. Hopefully they're going to continue their, their tour, but they're getting in. Dolly Parton, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take out my hand. I know. Get your minds out of the gutter. And I'm going to count off. These are the five. Because they're, what they're going to do is they're going to do a career achievement award for someone and an early influence award. That's probably. They did that last year. I could be wrong. I could be right. To quote another person who should be in the Hall of Fame, Johnny Rotten. Oh, wait. He is for Sex Pistols. But, you know, they, they refused it. Okay. So. I'm going to get a little controversial here because I don't think certain people are going to get in this year. This is metal. First of all, Judas Priest. Adam Simmons is going to love me for that. I want to give a shout out to Adam because he did a really cute dance to Turbo Lover. Yeah. Um, so Judas Priest is going to get in. Okay. Rage Against the Machine. Carly Simon. Lionel Richie. And a tribe called Quest. So what they're probably going to do is Dion Warwick is going to be early influences. MC5 is going to get a career achievement. Because I, I want to just go out on a limb here. A lot of you motherfuckers probably don't know. But if you've ever heard the kick out the jams motherfuckers. That comes from the MC5. If you are a Patti Smith fan, you know that Fred Sonic Smith of Sonic Rendezvous and of the MC5 married Patti Smith. They had two kids together. So first and foremost, I I hope the MC5 gets in. First of all, they are a groundbreaking Brent band. What they did, in, you know, it was them and the Stooges. I mean, it, it was masterful. And I hope not so much for the band itself, but for those who are still alive to tell the story of the MC5, but also for Patti Smith and her family. Patti Smith is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and she, what I loved about that induction, I love her so much. What I loved about her induction was is that she, she, it was, it was in honor of her husband, Fred Sonic Smith. Because she said clearly, her, her and her husband had a, an argument about it before he died. And he says, you're not going to like it and you're probably going to get upset because I'm clearly the better one and I should be in there. And she said, and he was. And that says a lot of a performer to say because she loved him so much. That That is an amazing love story. And if you've ever read Just Kids where she talks about her and, and uh, Robert Maplethorpe, the book M Train is all about her and, and Fred Sonic Smith. That is such a beautiful story. I think M, M Train is my favorite because I always wanted to know about her and Fred Sonic Smith. But I hope for Jackson, Jesse, and Patty that Fred and the MC5 get in. I truly, that is truly from the heart. And I love the MC5 songs. You know, when you when you learn about garage rock, you learn about punk, you learn about early influences, the MC5 are right there. That sound, they had a very unique sound, them and the Stooges. I, I would love to see Beck. Here, here's the thing. I, I, 
in my book, everyone is a winner. I would love to see Beck go in. I'm not really a big Pat Benatar fan. I love Kate Bush. Come on. Kate Bush. Because and and that beautiful duet she did with um Peter Gabriel. Don't give up. That's such a beautiful song. Devo. Duran Duran. Come on. Hungry like the wolf. I you know I like Eminem. I if he gets in, he gets in. I don't think he's gonna get in. Your rhythmics, sweet dreams are made of these. Come on. Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart. Judas Priest, Fella Kuti, MC5, New York Dolls. I love the New York Dolls. Come on. See what I mean? This list makes it impossible. There's I how many surviving New York dolls are there? I mean, that's the early day. That is glam rock. It's punk. Dolly Parton. I, I want to give a shout out to uh, the LNC 666 and Strombo. We all love Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton is a national treasure. It, you don't have to like country music to like Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton is one of those timeless performers. And yes, Whitney Houston did the cover of I Will Always Love You. It is one of the biggest singles of all time. And Dolly, you know, Dolly, Dolly is Dolly. Talk about a prolific songwriter. She wrote Jolene and I Will Always Love You in the same week. Come on. And, and 9 to 5. 9 to 5 is an anthem. 40 years ago, she did that movie with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. And then as an act, you know, she's not just a great performer. She's an actress, too. Everyone has cried their eyes out to uh, Steel Magnolias. She's such a great actress. Great. That's where, you you know, you're a triple threat. I am not a big Lionel Richie fan. And when I was really, really little, and I don't remember this, my mother would tell me that, like, Lionel Richie would come on and I would scream, turn it off. I was probably two. So if a two-year-old doesn't like Lionel Richie, there was just something about his voice. Even now, it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. But, you know, he's prolific. Carly Simon. Come on. Our parents. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go there. Our parents grew up listening to Carly Simon. Come on. You, do you really think the song is about you? She's getting in. She's getting in. Carly Simon is legendary. From, you know, um, uh, ante- anticipation. That I want to give a shout out to Jason Almy, who we love the Bond films. That Bond thing. She did the Bond, Bond theme. Nobody does it better. And then she did um, It's All Coming uh, coming Around Again. She won an Oscar for Let the River Run, which was the, the theme of uh, Working Girl. But the song that really catapulted her, because, you know, she was in a song, a singing duo with her sister, the Simon Sisters. And, yes, she's related to Simon and Schuster. Um, was really, you know... Uh, You're so vain. You're so vain. It's one of those songs where it's like, it's an amalgamation of different people that she's talking about. And now, you know, and that kind of takes the fun out of it when we know who it is. And I love what um, Kurt Cobain of Nirvana said. He said, it's your own soap opera. And even Tool. There are certain Tool songs that I'll listen to. I don't want to know what it's about. 
okay, maybe it's about anal sex. Maybe it's about death and rebirth. I remember my friend and I from college, Amanda Lukasowicz, may she rest in peace. We would sit in her car and we would I analyze and dissect what those songs were about. Is he talking about Jesus? Is he talking about L. Ron Hubbard? Because in that song, in the album, they're saying fuck L. Ron Hubbard and fuck all his clones. You know, so yeah, it what it means to you is something totally different. Uh, rage Against the Machine. I love Rage Against the Machine. First and foremost, <clears throat> what they have done musically. You got Tom. There's, there's a connection. Tom Morello and Adam Jones went to school together. In fact, Adam Jones said that Tom Morello really couldn't play guitar. But Tom Morello learned over time. And then you got Zach de la Roca, this poet who just fiercely gives these these masterful moments on stage. And then you've got, um, I mean, I, I am such a big Rage Against the Machine fan. Tom Morello, you know, there are always these guitarists of their era. Tom Morello and Adam Jones of Tool are two. In fact, Maynard James Keenan was on Rage Against the Machine's first album. You know, they all knew each other. And that, that's, a, that's a time right there. You got Tim Comerford and Brad Wilk. Uh, Tim was on bass. Brad was on drums. You know, and then Brad later played drums for uh, Black Sabbath. So yeah, this this is an interesting thing. And then we come to A Tribe Called Quest. A Tribe Called Quest was basically, you know, you had gangster rap and then you had bohemian rap. Like A Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, and Queen Latifah. They, uh, and, you know, they all work together. I love A Tribe Called Quest. Q-Tip. Um... The late Fife Dog. Oh my god. The fact that he is not here. That last album that they did together. Right before. Um, you know it came out right after Fife Dog died. Um, oh that's such a moment. That's why I want them to get in. You got Q-Tip. Fife Dog. Ali Shaheed. Mohammed. Uh, Jerobi White. Oh my god these guys. From 19. You know they, they really put out. So many great albums. You know, they put out the love and then they broke up. um, People's Instinctive Travels and Paths of Rhythm came out 31 years ago. The Low End Theory, 1991. Midnight Marauders, 1993. Beats, Rhymes, and Life, 1996. The Love Movement, 1998. And then they broke up. And then they got back together. We got it here from Thank You for Your Service. Tribe Called Quest. I love a Tribe Called Quest. Come on. Such a great band. And and it's hip-hop. But it's hip-hop in a, in a different... You know, they were... A Tribe Called Quest and De La... Oh, that's the other thing. If A Tribe Called Quest is going to go in, why not De La Soul? So see, there's there are all kinds of questions that we could ask ourselves about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then we come to Dionne Warwick. Oh my god. Cousin of Whitney Houston, related to Sissy, the Houston family. Do you know your way to San Jose? She's going to get it. She's going to get it. She's so beloved. And she's on Twitter. So when you keep yourself in the public like that, the Hall of Fame committee is watching. Oh, they're watching. Um, Eurythmics. 
I love Annie Lennox. I think we all love Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart. That's the 80s right there. If you want to define the 80s, the 80s is all about sweet dreams are made of these. Here comes the rain again. Would I lie to you? Sisters are doing it for themselves. Uh, Love is a straight. Oh, God. There's so many eurythmic songs. Missionary Man's a good one. That they really just. And it's Annie and it's Dave. It's not just one person. You got to understand that. Dave Stewart is those riffs and and the production. And then Annie Lennox. You know, Annie Lennox. (laughs) Annie Annie Lennox did something that Bowie did. And she took it even further. Is that androgyny? Lady Gaga really owes a lot of gratitude. Not and, and, and people always say Madonna, but I feel Annie Lennox because Annie Lennox was a walking piece of art. The hair, the look, the makeup, the makeup. You know, about thirty years ago, they did this beautiful tribute to Freddie Mercury, and Annie Lennox and David Bowie did the Queen duet that Bowie did with them under pressure. So it's Bowie and Annie Lennox. And Annie Lennox makeup, she always went out. That is part of her performance. It's always state of the art. Whether it's her solo work or her work with Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart is a prolific producer. Produced um, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers Southern Accents album. You know that song, Don't Come Around Here No More. Dave Stewart produced that. He was playing the setar. I would love to see the Eurythmics get in. And then Kate Bush. Oh, my God. Running up that hill. One of my favorite Kate Kate Bush is... Okay, let's get real here. Let's get real. There would be no Tori Amos without Kate Bush. There was a lot of influence that Kate Bush had on Tori Amos. And you can hear it. Uh, Mainly because of what, you know, Kate, Kate took risks she took she took matters into her own hands as a performer she i I mean running up that hill has been covered by placebo it's been covered by so many artists but her legacy i mean you think of the people that she influenced my you know one of my favorite songs of hers it's such a weird song. I don't think I can play it on the podcast. Oh, Hounds of Love. The title the title song, basically. And that's the same album that has Running Up uh, That Hill. A Deal With God. But Hounds of Love, that's probably one of my favorites. Because the beat and the melody and what she's able to do. Those are the performers that really... The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame... It's not really an aspiration for them, but they get in. You think of someone like Nina Simone. Nina Simone, who was really a jazz artist, a blues artist. But what she was talking about was socially conscious. She did that song, Mississippi Goddamn. That really got her into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Because a lot of rockers and hip-hop artists all either sample or influenced by Nina Simone. So that's really... Sometimes what it's all about. And then Beck. Oh, my God. Come on. If you were a teenager in the 90s, you remember Loser. And and people thought, okay, he's just a one-hit wonder. He wasn't. And then he puts out Odele. He gives us Devil's Haircut. 
He gives us where it's at. I got two turntables and a microphone. Oh, come on. And then, um, what's that other song? Um, New, New Pollution. Oh, my God. I love Beck. Beck, you know, when Beck beat Beyonce, people lost their minds. I was so happy. Not, you know, it's not that saying I'm not a Beyonce fan, but someone like Beck, who's a multi-instrumentalist, and he's, and, and who gives him that Grammy? Prince, who is also a multi-instrumentalist. Beck has often been compared to Prince. Oh my God. Beck is one of those artists where it's always interesting. He really doesn't put out a bad album. He put out Sea Change, which some saw as depressing, but it was so beautifully layered. And it was layered, you know, his father is an instrumentalist. His father is a conductor. So his father did the string arrangements on the album Sea Change. And then um, Wero, which is such a great album. I love that album. And that's the other thing. Beck... What Beck was doing was playing with multimedia. He was doing the videos and then just switching it up. Now, the, the, the moment in question that Beck beat out Beyonce was for his album Morning Phase, which is this kind of folk rock masterpiece. It's basically a companion piece to the Sea Change album. And, you know, yeah, he, he won the album of the year and he beat out. And even he was stunned that he beat it out, you know, that he beat out Beyonce and Kanye West got up there and whatever. You know, what's interesting about Beck, though, I don't think a lot of you people realize that Beck really comes from a very artistic background because his mother was a Warhol person. And then his grandfather was Al Hansen. And Al Hansen was an, he was this flux artist. Okay. Um, Bibby Henson was his mother. And then his father, David Campbell. Um, but it really, I think the person who had the most influence on him was his grandfather, Al Hansen, who was this, um, American Norwegian flux fluxus artist who you know made artwork out of cigarette butts and if you look at Beck's musical stuff he's basically taking it from grandpa and there's a picture of him and his grandfather together um so yeah you know these artists it's it's almost like chocolate chip cookies you just can't have one who do you really want and you for me my dream, and yeah, sometimes the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame doesn't matter, but for me, as a fan, it's like Rush. When Rush weren't in, people complain, and Rush were even like, we don't really care. But at the same time, they realize that it matters to the fans. Getty Lee said this, and the late, <coughs> the late um, Neil Pert said this. When they got it, uh, Alex Lifesland, life, um, oh God, I always say his name wrong. Um, one of the members of Rush just went up there and went blah, 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 blah. Okay, here we go. Uh, okay, see, I always say his name wrong. Alex Lifeson. Alex Lifeson. But 
In terms of musicians, my dream Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list. This is basically my list. For one, you got you got to put Motorhead in there. The influence of Lemmy Kilmeister and that band. Okay, you got to put Tool in there. Eric B and Rakim. De La Soul. Queen Latifah. Okay. MC5. You have to put Lenny K and the Patti Smith band because, I mean, you got to put JD Doherty in there. You got to put Ivan Krall, um, Richard Soul, um, Oliver Ray. They need to be in there. And then some other people who really need to be in the Hall of Fame. It doesn't really matter. Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, King Crimson. And ministry. Ministry is one of the, you know, you don't have Nine Inch Nails without ministry and Skinny Puppy. That's where it really, I'm not a big Pat Benatar fan. I really am not. Some of her songs I like, but you know, there's certain artists. I remember one time I knew someone who doesn't like this show, whatever, would always criticize the show behind my back. Who cares? Would always make a, try to make a case for Pat Benatar. Why don't they get Pat Benatar? Because she wasn't invited. But I wasn't going to be mean and say that. It's like, who? And she would always try to push Pat Benatar. It's like, who cares? Or in the words of Elaine Stritch, who cares? I'm alone. I could say it like that. Okay? Fuck it. Everyone has their own taste of music. People have often criticized me and saying, oh, you listen to too much this. Maybe you should listen to more introspective, like country, like this, like Celine Dion. Fuck that. Fuck that. You want to get introspective? Let's talk about Nina Simone. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the MC5. Let's talk about the Stooges. Let's talk about the Velvet fucking underground. Okay. Uh, They assume that something like Tool is not introspective. Tool, first of all, if you don't know about Tool, I could do a two-hour session on Tool. And also why I don't think they want to go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I know Iron Maiden doesn't. I love Iron Maiden. Oh, my God. But I know Tool does not want to go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay? Maybe they do. Maybe. Who knows? But if you notice, when they win, like, awards, like, they won a Grammy, the whole band didn't show up. And, and, uh, you know, but they were all happy about it. It's it's an award. It doesn't change the temperature of the band. Whether they win or not, they're still going to make great records. And so, at the end of the day, the the Hall of Fame really, it's, it's it's a crap shot. It's a crapshoot because you're like, okay, but why is this person not in? I'm thinking is, um, is Howlin' Wolf in there? I don't think he is. Is he? I mean, I know that Billy, I know that Billy Holiday is in there. Billy Holiday is in, um, early influences. 
I, I, I always make a point of mentioning the blues because I've told you all time and time again on this podcast, the blues, you don't have the blues without, you don't have rock and roll without the blues. You don't have popular music without the blues. The blues is the seed that really bred and just reverberated. And someone along the lines of Howlin' Wolf. My God. Muddy Waters. Let me see. Is Howlin' Wolf in the Hall of Fame? Nope. He's he's in the Grammy Hall of Fame, but he's... Oh, wait. Oh, oh he was listed by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you need to get on it. You need to get on it. Buddy Guy is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. So at the end of the day, does the Hall of Fame matter? I think that's entirely up to the the person, the witness. At the end of the day, some musicians want to get in. Some campaign to get in. If you look at the Mamas and the Papas, that really was a labor of love to get them in. So they, yeah, they had a campaign to get in. And then you have someone like Patti Smith, who was nominated so many times and then she got in. And really, that is a tribute to her family. Her, she first and foremost, you know, gave her family and her band because the band didn't get in, just her. And that's a big slap in the face because, you know, you don't have Patti Smith without Lenny Kay, without J.D. Doherty. Without Richard Soule, without Ivan Krall, without Oliver Ray. So yeah, there there is controversy within that. I mean, last last year was very interesting. Okay, you've got Tina Turner, LL Cool J, Carol King, Jay-Z. I was not too happy about Jay-Z. The Go-Go's. Um, yeah. Who else? Who else got in? Uh, Ray, oh God, Randy Rhodes, Randy Rhodes, Kraftwerk. So yeah, it's um, it's an interesting ball game to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All four Beatles are in there. They're in there as a band. They're in there as solo artists. <sighs> Rolling Stones are in there. None of them are in there for solo work. <laughs> you know, um, Neil Young is in there. Neil Young was was a part of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, but is only in there for his solo work and the work that he did with Buffalo Springfield. Joni Mitchell's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, they're, they're, Madonna's in there. Okay. Popular music. She's not entirely rock and roll. I love how in her documentary, Truth or Dare, they say, she's like, my show is not a typical rock show. Okay. I never really thought of her as rock. Pop. Yeah. But rock. When she said that, I wanted to slap her, you know, proverbially. Um, yeah. Well, that's that's along the lines of that podcaster that I don't mention who calls himself a stand-up comedian. And it's like, you're not even funny. All you do is talk about working out DMT. How is that fucking funny? 
uh, I was waking out and I shit my pants. Yeah, okay. Sorry for going off topic. Uh, the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, where we talk about film, we talk about music. I could talk about all of that till the cows come home. That's a term that probably many of you are not familiar with. So, here we are. It's Friday, February 4th, 2022. I want to give a shout out to my grandmother who died today, 21 years ago. It was not shocking, but in, emotionally it was because she had cancer. It killed her. I still sense her presence every now and then. Like the one time I talked about Dr. Zhivago and started to cry because she'd love that movie. To this day, I can't listen to Mario Lanza because they played that at the Rosary. And then I turned into a bawling ding dong. So wherever you are, I'm being good, Grandma. Don't, you know, I know she's haunting in a positive light. She, you know, whenever I say bad words on this show, I'm sure she's probably like, you know, you're talking to an audience and you don't need to tell them fuck this and fuck that and she didn't like the F word. <laughs> I remember when I was a teenager, I got in trouble for cursing all the time. And I remember one time my mother and I were walking to the car and she says, why don't you just say fiddlesticks? Okay. You know, it works for your grandmother. Okay. She's telling me this. And then that night we went over to my grandparents. They lived in another town away from us. And... My grandparents were telling this story and they're saying shit and everything. And I look at my mother and she's like, this is grandma and grandpa's house. And they can say what they want. But you are a child and you live in my house. You can't. And, and I know what the bar. I know what the taste of. So I, I know what soap tastes like. Trust me. I know because I've had the bar. You know, my father put the bar of soap in my mouth at a very young age. Because I had a very dirty mouth. I still do. I I try to clean it up. I mean, there's certain words I won't say. Like when I watch Succession. Don't worry. There's a point to this. We'll, we'll get back to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in a bit. Um, there are certain words I won't say. Like on Succession, when they call their sister the C word. I don't like that word. I really don't. So there's there's certain words that I won't say. Okay. Now, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, when they used to play it on VH1, they would they would bleep it. Now they don't because it's on HBO. So you can say whatever you want. And I and I bring up Patty Smith because you know Patty Smith <laughs> had a very interesting song called Rock and Roll N-word. Where it was about being outside of society. And she lists all these people off. Jimi Hendrix was a Jesus Christ and grandma too. And she did it at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And they didn't bleep her. But then they, because they, it was live. But then they, when they when they played it again, they bleeped it. Yeah. But I, I always love how she opens that show. Or that moment. She's like, she she says her mother liked her songs. And she's like, uh, my mother really loved this, this, my band. And so I'm going to do her favorite song. The one she liked to vacuum to. Oh God. And she's like, and I love how she opens it. It's not, it's not a song we can perform now. And I understand that. And I think Patti Smith understands it because the climate has changed. 
has changed. And as an artist, she is aware of that. It's not a form of censorship. The climate changes. There are certain things that we need to evolve from. But I love how she opened it. She's like, I haven't fucked much with the past, but I fucked plenty with the future. And the future is now. (laughs) When I saw her live, she did that. And I was like, ah, yeah. Yeah. So see, in, in aspects of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like the performances, I remember the year that she was inducted, Van Halen was inducted. Nobody showed up. Only Michael Anthony and Sammy showed up. Everyone else that's that's a that so what does that tell you? Is that really a big moment? David Bowie didn't show up to collect his Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Pink Floyd didn't show up. It differs. Gladys Knight and the Pips showed up. Mariah Carey inducted them, and Gladys Knight and the Pips showed up. The Velvet Underground, minus Sterling Morrison, who had died the previous year, showed up. Jefferson Airplane showed up. Fleetwood Mac, you can go your own way. (laughs) I love Fleetwood Mac. I love Steve. And then Stevie. Stevie Nicks is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for her solo stuff. And then recently, there was the Janet Jackson documentary. She's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I like that, and I'll tell you why. Because she comes from this musical family. We could call it a dynasty. There's never been another family like that in music. People would say, well, what about the Osmonds? Fuck the Osmonds. And I'm being truthful. Donnie and fucking Marie. Psh. I have friends who love them. I can't stand them. I'm a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. You're a little bit corny. But that's my opinion. Um, But the Jacksons, you think about it, The Jackson 5, they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Michael Jackson is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, whether you like it or not. And Janet Jackson is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You've got three sets of Jacksons. Okay? Janet is my favorite. And, and I love that she's in because you think of her influence. That's the other thing is at the end of the day, yeah, it's an award show. But think of those influences. OK, Aretha Franklin is the first woman ever inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She's the queen of fucking soul. She'd probably hate me for saying that. She's the queen of soul. I'll, I'll clean it up right there. So that's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Bob Dylan's in the Hall of Fame. Yes, even the Beach Boys are in the Hall of Fame. Otis Redding. Woo! And, well, the kings of rock and roll. Chuck Berry's in the Hall of Fame. And the other kings in the Hall of Fame. I'm not talking about Elvis, baby. I'm talking about Wop, bop, loop, bop, bop, bam, boom. I just did it. Don't sue me, Little Richard family. I love Little Richard. Come on. That is the essence of rock and roll. R&B, real black. <laughs> I love how he said that. You, you know, you wouldn't have the Beatles. You wouldn't have the Stones without that. And yes, even Elvis. Even Elvis. You know, don't smoke on my blue suede shoes, basically. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, whether you like it or not, is there. It exists. Not everyone likes that it exists. You know, who wants to be in an institution? That's a quote from Auntie Mame. So 
What's going to happen with this list? I don't know. I'm working nine to five to find out, Dolly. And then there's people who should be in there who, who aren't. We could, we could talk about that forever. This could be a five-hour podcast. We'd have experts. I'd call up Adam Simmons. He's asleep right now. Come on. Uh, he and I, we've talked about this. And metal guy from the LNC. Sammy or David Lee Roth. Because they're both in the Hall of Fame, you know. When it, Van Halen was inducted, even Sammy was stunned. He says, well, you know, they really didn't have to include me because he's the second singer. First was David Lee Roth, then Sammy. And, you know, some some are Team Sammy and some are Team David Lee. Here's the thing. I understand. Jump is David Lee Roth's. Roll, walk, rolling with the devil is David Lee Roth. But if you want to talk about pound cake right here, right now, it's Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar brought something different to Van Halen. And I'm not even really a big Van Halen fan. Judas Priest. Let's let's throw Adam out there again because Adam was dancing to Judas Priest. Maybe that's that that's a revelation right there. You want to talk about a prediction? Your dance is probably gonna get well no, but it was impressive. Yeah, Judas Priest into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I love Judas Priest. I listened to Rob Halford's autobiography. Woo! Talk about a confession. But that band, I mean, you think about it, how they were at first a blues band and then they turned into this metal, you know, I'm your turbo lover and breaking the law and all of the other shit. I love that. So at the end of the day, is it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or is it the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame? Unpleasant dreams. Answer that question for yourselves. Good evening. We've talked about everything. We've talked about succession. We've talked about Betty White. And we've even talked about Elaine Stritch. But what we haven't talked about is the Oscars are coming up. And yes, I know it can be a shit show. But then again, so can, you know, that one Spotify uh, podcast that we don't talk about. Sometimes the Oscars nominate shit. Sometimes they knock on nominate predictability. You know, tonight I was with my friends and we were watching Goodbye Mr. Chips. And I told them something that kind of stunned them. I said, well, you know that Robert Donat, who won the the Best Actor Oscar for Goodbye Mr. Chips in 1939, beat out a favorite. Because that was the year of Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. Vivian Lee won, and, and Hattie McDaniel won, and the film won, and the director won. But you know who did not win? Clark Gable. Because Clark, you know, Gable played Rhett Butler from Charleston. Very famous. And Robert Donat beat him. And that's the thing with the Oscars. They love to give the Oscar to teachers, to real people. Not to say that... Clark Gable was not deserving because he was, but he already, first of all, he already had an Oscar for it happened one night 
And so they figure, well, he's already got it. We don't need to give him one. And and sometimes that's the academy's thinking. And and then at the same time, it's almost like a political race. You win based on if all the actors vote for you and also the numbers, you know, in terms of the actors branch. And I know this from doing research. I remember I did research one time and Sir Anthony Hopkins, his win for Hannibal Lecter He won by a landslide because almost the entire acting branch voted for that. Voted for him playing Hannibal Lecter. So here he is, 30 years later, he wins for The Father. Nobody saw that coming. The BAFTA people did. You know, sometimes there's this... What they try to do with the Oscars is they try to predict it based on other industry awards. Now, the Golden Globes at the moment are in, um, uh, how do I say this? They are in limbo. They're in limbo. They didn't have a show. It was not televised. They just announced winners like it was giving out free potato chips. Okay. Then you have the Screen Actors Guild. And then you have this, this uh, weird obsession with Kristen Stewart playing Diana. Uh, I almost said Diana Ross. Oops. Uh, Princess Diana. Okay. My my thing with that is I don't think anyone will truly capture the essence of Princess Diana. If you look at the film The Queen, where Helen Mirren please, plays Queen Elizabeth II, they didn't have anyone playing Princess Diana because they used footage of Princess Diana from that day, from that era. So, yeah, they can give it, they can nominate Kristen Stewart all they want. I really don't care. I really don't. I'm sure, you know, that for me, that's a nomination for Twilight. Whatever. Whatever. Not to say she's not a good actress, but come on. So right now, you know, people are giving their forecasts. Who's going to win? They, they some Sometimes there seems to be a lock. And then sometimes there seems to be a dark horse. When the dark horse happens, now that makes for some interesting television. Because in the beginning, the Oscars weren't about television. It was it was moderately televised. Now it's all about television. It's all about the ratings, the ingenue, the dress. But back then, no, everyone kind of knew each other. It was an, it was an actor's branch. Times have changed. So when Olivia Coleman won for the favorite, she beat out Glenn Close. Glenn Close was favored. But as Lauren McCall herself said, something left field happens and boom. And that's what happened. Was I upset that Olivia Coleman won? No, because I had seen the favorite and I thought it was hilarious. And Olivia Coleman's performance was just astounding. So was Glenn Close. I had watched The Wife and I thought, oh, Glenn's so great. And there's a really great reveal in the film. She didn't win. Okay. They give it to Olivia Coleman. That's where the dark horse wins. And then same with Anthony Hopkins. It, it was predicted... Well, you know, Hollywood likes to predict things and then it doesn't happen that Chadwick Boseman would win the death vote. And then what happened? 
Anthony Hopkins one. And then people got all upset. Seriously? You're upset that a man, legendary actor, who played, who plays a guy who is dying of Alzheimer's, wins the Oscar over someone who is dead. So obviously it's in their memory. And, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. That was not Chadwick Boseman's best performance. I watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That was not his best performance. For me, his best performance was when he was playing Jackie Robinson. He's playing a historical figure. Okay. So yeah, there, there, there is that. There is that. There, shit happens. Shit happens when you party naked. Shout out to Jason Almy and to the creatures of the night. I was on the show tonight talking about conspiracy theories. Yeah. And, and it's not that I don't believe in them. I mean, you know, like I've said before, I know about Area 51. Although someone else I know knows a little bit more about it, but I don't have his number. Um, there are just things out there that we can't explain. Look at Betty White. Betty White had a really great take on death that her mother kind of instilled in her. Like, oh, now he knows the secret. Because nobody could truly knows what happens. You know, it's like, if you can remember being born, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, recently I was watching old episodes of Dead Famous, which is fascinating to me. You have the guy who, they're sitting at the table, and they do a seance, and Joan Crawford comes through. I totally believed it. I'm sure others were kind of skeptical. Come on. You know, jo- Joan Crawford, you're going to you're going to bring her back and she's probably like, but "Why are they bringing me back?" Yeah. Cuz she's dead. When you're dead, leave you, you know, leave them alone. Leave them alone. Don't dig them up. I mean, come on. You did did Cher dig up Sunny? No. <laughs> if I could turn back time. I mean, come on. And and I like Cher. I really do. I really do and you know, Sunny dies. I remember when Sunny died. I was up late at night because I'm a night owl. And it came over the news. Special breaking report. Sunny Bono dies. He hit a tree. And that, you know, and you try to avoid hitting trees when you're in Tahoe. Um, any person would know that. But, you know, it's, I got you, babe. Yeah. Well, he got you, babe. Um, what were we talking about? The Oscars. The Oscars. So in this instance... Sometimes they give it to some, you know, they, they, in fact, today I was watching Captain Courageous and Spencer Tracy, that was Spencer Tracy's second Oscar or no first Oscar won the second one for uh, Boys Town. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes they're like, hey, they're due. Let's give them another one. Sometimes that shit happens. It is a weird ball game, and I don't know what else to tell you. We'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> 